Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged. Now here's today's message. Today I want to specifically call this message and deal with the whole issue of fear. So I wanted to call this message for those of you taking notes, facing off with fear. Facing off with fear. God wants you to be free. The Bible says Jesus came for our freedom. Fear is one of the greatest enemies of what Jesus had promised us, abundant life. Fear is one of the greatest enemies of your faith. Fear opposes faith, and faith opposes fear. See, Jesus said in John 10.10, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Fear steps up and says Jesus is a liar. Fear opposes the very words of Christ. If you do not confront fear, listen, if you do not confront fear, It will steal, rob, kill, and destroy from your life. Fear always attempts to rule you, to rule your thoughts, to rule against the word of the Lord. We're going to look at 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8 through 12, a story of King David. The Bible says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it, and he went out to meet them. So here's the enemies of David coming in full force. The spirit of fear coming in full force. And the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim, So David inquired of God, God, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. Go, I will deliver them into your hands. So David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal Perizim, which means place of destruction, where David had conquered his enemies. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, and David gave orders to burn them in the fire. David becomes king, and the minute David is crowned, the enemy goes after his crown. Do you know that when you are saved, when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you are given a crown, a crown of righteousness? Fear immediately comes after your crown. Fear immediately comes after the promises that God has given you. And what did David do? Did he allow his enemies to come to him? No, David confronted his enemies. I'm not letting you 
come into my territory. I'm going after you. You are not coming into my territory. You are not taking my crown. You are not stealing the promises and the anointing on my life and the promises of God for my life. David went on the offensive. You know, Jesus died as a lamb, but he rose as a lion. And Jesus is coming back as a roaring lion. And I believe it's time that the church rises up, which means you and me, in this nation and every nation, and begins to roar like a lion, not allowing fear to come and grip us and to to have influence over us and over our families and over our children and try to rob what God has already declared that I've given you abundant life through Jesus Christ. But we need to go on the offensive. And what's interesting about this is the Bible says that God rose up Or he broke out. Let me read the scripture. God has broken out against my enemies. Listen, David says, by my hand. Many times we think God's just going to come and do what he needs to do. But David says, God breaks out through your hands, through your actions, through your faith, through your words, through your offensive against every spirit that would come and try to steal the crown of righteousness off of you and even off of your children. I thank God that believers are rising up. I thank God, especially parents, are rising up and saying enough is enough, and they're going on the offensive, and they're saying, you're not going to teach my kids this stuff anymore. God is breaking out, but God breaks out through your hands, through your actions. Whatever is attacking you, you need to go on the offensive and say, this will not get into my house. This will not get onto my marriage. This will not get onto my finances. This will not get onto my children. I thank God for, for Jared when he when he's teaching on the word of the Lord, and he says, these are the principles. And I feel in my spirit, the Lord says that when you do by action, it allows me to break out in every area. Finances, marriage, emotional healing, receiving healing, We have altar calls every Sunday. You want God to break out? You're struggling? Get to the altar. Get out of your seat and act and say, God, break out in my life. Deliver me from evil. Set me free from addiction. Set me free from depression and every other spirit that tries to attack you. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I've given you authority. Listen, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us 
a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can we say that together nice and loud and just say me? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We declare that this morning in the name of Jesus over the man and woman of God, over the child of God, over the church of Jesus Christ. God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, it takes one thought, one thought to start the engine of fear. One thought. You cannot allow anything or anyone to come and press that button. You have to take every thought captive, and we read that, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we, again, it's we, it's you, it's me. It's an act that you have to take. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, listen, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's David's enemies coming. He knows that the spirit of fear is going to come upon his, his guys and, and, his, and the people that he rules over. Israel, he knows. So he says, I'm not going to allow this spirit to come and influence my thoughts or anyone else's thoughts under my covering. So he goes after it. And he says, God, could I destroy this? And the Bible says the Lord breaks out. The Lord looks upon him and says, that's a man after my own heart. He breaks out through David's actions. You know, I don't know if any of you have been to a doctor lately. But every time I go see my doctor, the first thing they do is they give you a form. Every single time. It's like I filled out this form every single time. It's the same form. And the form says... Do you ever struggle with sad thoughts? Say, well, I'm a Christian, I can't lie. Yes, sometimes. Do you ever feel anxious? Yes, sometimes. Do you ever feel down? Yes, sometimes. And I'm getting more down as I'm answering yes, yes. Do you ever have a hard time falling asleep? Yes, sometimes. By the time you fill out this form, you think, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And then the doctor, you meet him personally, looks at the form, asks the same questions. And then he asks, so, uh, so how many prescriptions do you want me to give you? I say, no, thank you. I have my own. I have my own prescriptions. See, number one, this one, pray and call upon the name of the Lord. Number two, here's another one, worship and invite his presence. Here's another one, 
Take every thought captive. And here's another one. Kick the devil in the head. Fear is a demonic spirit. It's a powerful spirit. It's a real spirit, but it's demonic. It's from the pit of hell. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear is never a friend. And let me tell you something about fear. Fear exaggerates everything. Someone said fear is false evidence appearing real. You can sense fear. You can discern fear. And you can even see it. You can see it on people's faces. I remember as a child, a big scary guy. I mean, I was a little child, so guy maybe wasn't that big, but he looked big to me, big, big around. And um, he come every month to collect the rent. And back then, you know, they didn't have cash apps and stuff like that. And I remember my parents giving this guy an envelope with cash. This guy looked like a mob enforcer coming, and it was scary that he would come to my parents, you know, and they have to give them this envelope of cash. And I just remember what a, a scary f- feeling it was to see this big guy coming looking for money from my parents. And my dad had a great friend. And he would always say to my father, you need to get out of this community. It's not good anymore. You need to move. You need to get your family a house. And because of fear, my father was paralyzed. He was afraid, afraid, afraid. And his friend, because they were always together and so forth, his friend would continuously bug him, said, I'm going to find you a house. I'm going to find you a house. You need to get your family out of here. You need to move to a better area. You need to move to a better area. You need to get your family out of here. And finally, my parents listened to him. He says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going, to, I'm going to fix everything up. I'll do the cement work for you. I'll do everything. I'll do the landscaping. You just need to get your family in a better place. And finally, my parents listened, and, and they still live in that house. My mom still lives in that house to this day. But I was thinking that Jesus is like my father's friend. He's always fighting for you. He always wants better for you. He wants better for your children. Some of you, God wants to break out and give you a better job, better business opportunity, a better place to live. He wants you to have some faith for yourself, for your family. But fear comes and keeps holding you back. Keeps holding you back keeps holding you back. Where Jesus says, I've come to bring you abundant life, fear comes and says, not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. Fear is a liar. Jesus comes to give you better. He is a faithful friend. A faithful friend. 
Fear is always the enemy of faith. Always the enemy of faith. I remember when my wife and I got married. When I was a kid, I used to ride my bike up, if you guys are from Rhode Island, up Situate Avenue. We lived in Cranston. I'd drive all the way up on my bike, ride all the way up to the reservoir and go over the reservoir. And as a kid, I used to remember saying, boy, I'd love to live up here someday. It's so pretty. It's so tranquil. You know, there's water. And, and so I, I remember saying that. I believe the Lord heard me. I believe God heard me. Because when we got married, I took my wife up for a ride up, and I said, boy, it's so pretty up here. And we stumbled on this new development, and there was a, a, a piece of land with a little tiny handwritten sign on a tree on cardboard for sale. And so I got out of the car. I said, is that a sign? It said, for sale by owner. It was handwritten. And I said to my wife, I'm going to call this guy. And I was like 24, 25 years old. And I called, and I said to Lori, I just feel, you know, we both felt, let's buy this piece of land, and I'll build a house. I had no, I had no clue about building a house. I was a banker. I had no clue. I just knew about money, but I didn't know about building. And, um, and immediately, we were excited. You know, let's, why not, right? We're excited. Immediately, fear, fear, fear from everybody. It's too expensive. What do you know about building houses? You can't build a house. It's too much money. You're too young. Everything. Fear, 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 fear. But we contradicted that with faith. If God be for us, who can be against us? And we felt in our spirit, I felt the Lord saying, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. And so I think I went and found a book at Job Lot or somewhere, a little book like this. We stumbled in it, and to me it was a sign from God, how to build your own house. And it was a little tiny book, step by step. And, uh, and so we ended up fighting against fear and buying that piece of land. And let me tell you what happened. I ended up building that house as a kid. I ended up doing it. I just said, let me, let me go step by step. And, and we ended up building a house. And what ended up happening was all of our close friends, elders of the church, pastors of the church, everyone started doing the same thing. God broke out. And we all started building our own house. And let me tell you, I look back and say, thank God we operate by faith and not fear. Because the equity that we earned, because that was years ago, not only ourselves, but all the elders of the church, the equity that we had built up, because the minute we bought the land, I'm, I'm talking about the minute we bought it, within six months, we bought two, two and a half acres of land for $17,000. Within six months to a year, they were selling for 38000 And prices started skyrocketing. And it happened to all of us, pastors at the church. And I look back and say, God did that because we all had equity 
that we have built up over the years. And that's the equity that we all tapped into to build the church, the building in Smithfield. God allowed, used faith to conquer fear. Submit yourselves to God, James 4, 7 says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's another promise from the Lord. So I want to give us three weapons to combat fear. Number one, the presence of God. The presence of God. Every time David was faced with the Philistines, David went into God's presence, and we know how we did that, through worship. That's where we get all our worship from. And he inquired of God. Your first response to anything is inquiring of God, is going before the presence of God. It says in 1 Chronicles 14, 13, once more the Philistines raided the valley. Let me tell you, fear always comes back. It's not like you conquer fear and then you're never attacked again by it. Spirits will always come and knock and see if they can influence you. It might not even be fear. It might be alcohol. It might be lust. It might be depression. Always comes back and knocks. And it says, once more, the Philistines raided the valley, so David inquired of God again, again, again. And God answered him, your first response to fear is going before God, the presence of God, inquiring of him. I sought the Lord in Psalm 34, 4, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. The presence of God delivers us from spirits, and one of those spirits is fear. Every victory that we have received in our lives, our family, our church, has been a victory first over the spirit of fear because God operates through faith. Fear opposes faith. And we get that victory in the presence of God through, through prayer, through fasting, through worship. That's why we're a praying and worshiping church because we are delivered in the presence of God. We receive his promises and faith in the presence of God. Right now, or I think now, or maybe at 11, there's, there's people praying during the church service because we're, we're inquiring of the Lord. God, touch the people. God, release us. God, those that you're bringing to the church, give them salvation. We're praying the presence of the Lord. Again, we pray at the altar after every service. Every Wednesday at noon, we have what we call see you at 12. 12 minutes for us to, to reignite our faith in prayer together. We pray at crews. We gather at crews, we pray. We pray at our team meetings. We pray before church at huddle. We have special nights of prayer. And let me say this. Worship, what we do before the preaching, is not just a preamble to preaching. People and even churches think, you know, let's get through the songs and get to the real 
God thing. It's not true. Worship is the opening for God's presence. Worship is what draws the presence of God. Worship is what causes spirits to start leaving your atmosphere, your mind. Worship is essential in your life. That's why we tell you, be on time for church, because you need the presence of God. I need the presence of God. You need fear broken. You need addictions broken. You need all kinds of stuff broken, and you need to, to grab hold of God, inquire of God as David did, and get his blessing and get the abundant life that he promises us. Worship is so essential. You know, it's interesting. How many of you have ever had a dream where you're paralyzed in fear? What happens? You can't scream. You want to talk. You're trying to say in your dream, Jesus, Jesus. You ever have that experience? The spirit of fear comes. What does he do? He robs your voice. The first thing he wants to do is rob your voice. Same thing in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. The devil wants to rob your worship. And that's why we say, sing louder. Shout. Open your voice. Because your voice is a, a tool of destruction against the devil. As you begin to worship, every other spirit has to bow down because you're saying the most important thing coming out of my spirit, out of my mouth, is my worship of God. And the presence of God comes when you worship. In Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Number two, another weapon to combat fear is the very house of God. You want greater power in your life? Start every week filling your spiritual tank in the house of the Lord. Church is the right place at the right time with the right people. Once a month, twice a month, doesn't cut it. It will never fill your tank to where you need it to be. You know, it's interesting. If we said, hey, come to church on Sunday, we'll fill everyone's gas tank, this place would be mobbed. We can have church at 6.30 in the morning, people would come. This is where you get your spiritual gas tank filled. Every week, every week, church is God's place. It's the Father's house. It's where God meets his people. And listen, church is a sacred time that the Bible calls the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath. It's the fourth commandment. It's one of the Ten Commandments. The Sabbath is a commandment. It's not a prerogative. Listen to me. you got to get this. You want fear broken off? 
You want limitation broken off? You want the abundant life that Jesus promises us? Grab a weapon. The house of God is a weapon. The Sabbath is holy. It's sacred. In Matthew 16, 18 through 19, it says, I will build my church. Jesus says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the church. Listen what Jesus gives to the church. The kingdom of heaven. And whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The church has authority. The church has power. And whatever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God gives the church authority. God gives the people of God authority. God gives the place of God authority. God honors those who honor the commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Again, the Sabbath coming together in the house of God is not a prerogative. It's a commandment. And in the world that we live in, we become a world that breaks the commandments. But we look and say, wait a second, I'm not breaking the commandments. This is one of the greatest weapons God has given me to apprehend abundant life, to con conquer the spirits of fear that would try to attack me. See, we start our lives and our week in the house of God. Some people start their week in someone else's house. In this house, God's house, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's power, there's deliverance, there's healing, there's anointing for you to raise your children, there's anointing for you to get your life right, to reestablish your life. Many people start their week in someone else's house, someone else's covering, someone else's influence. Maybe the presence of God is not there, but isolation is there. Worry is there. Fear is there. Unbelief is there. Sin is there. Hopelessness, laziness, self-pity, greed, lies, and deception. See, we come in the house of God, and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit of God is here. And we come and we get the oil of God upon us. And that's the beginning of our week. And we bring it into the rest of our week. And we bring it into our homes. Because we started right. The right place with the right people in the right house, which is God's house. Powerful tool. And then lastly, and here, another weapon a powerful weapon, is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. Jesus has given us supernatural power that unless you have Christ, you don't have this supernatural power. He is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus has given the Holy Spirit to us to help us. In Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You know, we, talk, we talked about King David. King Saul, who was the king before David, was oppressed. 
mostly by the spirit of fear. He was afraid of losing control, of losing his position. He was afraid of losing his pride. And he was tormented by spirits. And out of all the musicians that he can call to his palace, he calls this shepherd boy called David. Out of all the musicians. You know why? Because David came not only with his harp, but David came with the Holy Spirit. David came with the weapon, the Holy Spirit. And when David played, David called upon the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit brought freedom and comfort to Saul and would deliver him from the spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit is a powerful gift to us. He is a powerful gift to us, and he is the power that gives us strength over every other spirit, the Holy Spirit. See, David knew where his power came from, You know how we know that? Because when David sinned, he cried out to God. He cried out to God. He didn't cry out to God. God, don't take my stuff away. God, don't take my crown away. God, don't take my palace away. He cried, God, take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Because all the power that we have in this earth, in this natural earth and supernatural world, come from the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Luke eleven thirteen, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.